Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Thing number one you need to know about today, if you're interested in politics at all, is that old man Joe Biden is having just his second full press conference? Anyway, the number is very, very low. It's 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 a, a fraction of the number of press conferences is that that all modern presidents have had but he's having one and unfortunately it's after we're done with our show it's at four o'clock eastern one o'clock pacific yeah we'll bring you all the uh, high and low lights tomorrow obviously with our brilliant analysis we will i uh, i would guess he's going to do pretty good because we remember when the debates with trump if if he has plenty of time to prepare and i would guess that trump was right with his joke that Either they give him a shot in the ass or or a pill or something. They give him a big fat shot in the ass and. Oh yeah, we've talked to people who are involved in elder care. I can't remember the name of the drug, but yeah, they will ramp it up and give him a big old dose of it. That's not you can't do that all the time, but they'll make sure he's cogent today. Yeah, and he'll and for national through. security purposes. I hope he is semi cogent. Yeah, he'll stumble through the thing adequately. They will be very careful with who they call on and know what the questions are going to be ahead of time, and uh, and it'll probably go all right. Oh, my gosh, that's right. That's right. It's already known that he calls on people from a list in a specific order. I'm sure in order to be vetted and approved, and I'll bet the journalists have agreed with this, maybe some of them grudgingly, but I'll bet they've agreed that they will submit their questions in advance, at least to some extent. Bingo. Or or Biden's handlers know they can be trusted not to go too harsh or too deep. Um, and then his answers are scripted. It will be a scripted press conference to a large extent. Oh, we'll see how it goes. It's, uh, yeah. it's in the afternoon. Um, I'm not participating in the government handout of masks and tests. I'm just not. It's a, it's a very minor, very weak protest but i'm just not doing it i am ordering them for the purpose of reselling them at a profit <laughs> well and you paid for them right um i don't know what anybody's going to do with covid tests here in a couple of weeks uh, as we've been saying and as all indications are around the world the whole omicron thing lasts about two weeks and then it's gone and then i think this thing is going to be over of course i thought it was going to be over a year ago if we could get another variant but the, uh, to give you an example of that, the U.K. government is lifting almost all COVID-19 restrictions in England. Almost all restrictions are lifted now because the Omicron hit them, is over. They're scrapping all requirements for masks in public places and schools, doing away with advice to work from home. All that's gone in England as of today. Wow. We are going to be doing that in the United States here in about a week and a half, two weeks. And that's exactly when all the masks and tests are going to hit that you paid billions and billions and billions of dollars for. No, I I think the Trump hating COVID cultists are too strong. I don't think it'll uh, I don't think it'll happen that quickly. There's too much investing in it. If you can keep people afraid, there's enormous profit in that. And I just don't think they're going to give it up that quickly. They're praying, praying for one more wave, one or two more. Come on. Weird. We can get the Supreme Court packed. We can, I don't know, impeach all the Republican governors. We can say something. We just, surely we can get a couple of more things out of this COVID thing if we just stretch it a bit longer. We'll have to see. Um, 
One more note, speaking of England, is uh, oh, Boris Johnson's in some trouble because a video came out of him partying at the height of the shutdowns. And England shut down hard there for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the height of the shutdown, he was at a party, maskless, doing his thing. And I read a profile on Boris Johnson the other day. I was completely unaware of this. It's amazing how little attention most of us pay to other world leaders. Like, I, I barely know what he's about. He is a, a man of privilege. He's tied in with the very, very top of the rich and powerful. And that whole tussled hair thing, which has worked for him really well, is is a, is a giant kind of subconscious nod to I'm just a regular guy. I'm just kind of I'm just kind of you know bouncing my way through life. I, yeah, what I'm just a normal dude like you. I'm just a working guy. Look at my hair. It's just a complete phony act to cover up the fact that he is a child of privilege, man of privilege, always has been, and tied in at the very highest levels. But he's he's pulled off the whole, I'm kind of a man of the working people, maybe to some extent like Trump did, you know? Trump rich his entire life and, and was able to pull off the, you know, I'm one of you, flying around in a private jet and riding in a limo and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Boris Johnson did it with a haircut. Hmm. Trump did it in different ways. Yeah, he's I find that, losing. I find that he's, interesting. He's losing his hair now, though. Bojo is. I noticed that the other day watching the news. He's looking less and less like a young tussle-haired partier, and more and more like a guy who wandered too close to Chernobyl. It's just <laughs> wow. not not good. Not a good look. Wow. Do we have Bojo? He's uh, he's in trouble for what? His partying or something? Categorically, that nobody told me, and nobody nobody said that. Uh, this was something that was against the rules. It was a breach of the of the COVID rules. That we were doing something that wasn't a a work event. Because, uh, frankly, I don't think uh, I can't imagine why on earth it would have gone ahead or why it would have been allowed uh, to go ahead. Because well, it was undercover, right? Do you have the one where the journalist kind of confronts him, Michael? Yeah, I hit that. The idea that you walked into the garden. There's 40 people there. The tables are laid out with food and drink, and there's alcohol yeah. being served in the middle of a lockdown, and you think that's a work event. That is just ludicrous, isn't it? You are just taking the mickey out of the British people no, by suggesting I, well, I, 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 look, I, I, You know how silly that sounds, don't you? How dare he take the mickey out of the British people? <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm not familiar with that Britishism. It's charming. I have no idea what that means. Charming. I had the Mickey in me like two minutes ago. Now it's out of me. Whatever. That that has been a universal around the world, right? Leaders that make us stay home and wear masks, but they feel like they get to do what they want. God, did we did, did we learn something from all this people that we can take forward into into life? Probably these, not. These people are phonies and feel like that the rules don't apply to them. We, yeah, we had an early dinner. Oh, you can't be cynical enough, man. You got to work on it like six hours a day, being cynical enough. So a couple of interesting poll results out I thought I'd share with you uh, very, very briefly. This is COVID-related, then we'll move on to other things. Uh, let's see, New Heartland Institute. They do really good work. I like that organization. And Rasmussen reports uh, national online, blah, 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 and poll, blah, 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 blah. 48% of voters favor the octogenarian president's plan to impose a COVID-19 vaccine mandate on the employees of large companies and government agencies, which the Supreme Court has already spanked and sent uh, running home. What percent approval? Forty-eight percent. So it's including thirty-three who strongly favor the mandate. So it's a fifty-fifty issue. Interesting. Which you know is the way our politics works. It's about how many people voted for Joe Biden. So 
Interestingly, you're going with yeah. what he wants. Yeah, almost precisely the same number uh, are opposed to the vaccine mandate, 48%, and uh, 40% strongly oppose the mandate. So the opposition is arguably a little more uh, powerful than the support of it. Voters similarly divided over the uh, federal government's top COVID-19 expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, F-A-U-X-I. Oh, 45% view the old bastard favorably, 45%. View the old bastard favorably. Is that the way they ask the question? Because I think there's bias in there. Including 28% who have a very favorable impression of him. What do you think of the old bastard Fauci? (laughs) 48% 48 have an unfavorable impression of the China-loving gain-of-function research funding liar, including 34% who have a very unfavorable view of him. Uh, uh, Not surprisingly... The even split is the result of deep partisan divisions. 78% of Democratic voters support the uh, vaccine mandate plan. 78% of Democrats, 22% are Republicans. Well, some of that would just be the conflict division stuff. It's just you either think the government should make all the rules. You get to do what the government tells you to do as opposed to, no, I get to do whatever I want unless there's a really good reason to stop me. Those are two completely different ways of looking at the world. Indeed, yeah. How about uh, the real Batman, Dr. Fauci? 75% of likely Democratic voters uh, have a favorable opinion. 75%, it's 21% of Republicans. So tribal. 58% of voters would oppose a proposal for federal or state governments to fine Americans who choose not to get the vaccine. But 55% of Democratic voters support such a proposal. 55% are for fines if you don't get the jab. Which is interesting because prior to the pandemic, it was, you know, Marin County liberals, that kind of person around America. That's a San Francisco Bay Area County, full of uh, very, very wealthy, very, very progressive people. That crowd was the crowd that was anti-vax. Right. That was the old joke that if you're within however many miles of a Whole Foods, that's where you find the anti-vax crowd that believes autism is being caused by all these vaccinations. That and was then, the lefty crowd. But when Trump got involved in vaccinations for this, everything flipped. Well, yeah, but yeah, in a way, uh, when Trump announced Operation Warp Speed, all those people said, I'm not taking any damn Trump vaccine. Then as soon Mm -hmm. as Biden got in office, they're for fining you for not taking it. See, come on. I I hope that I'm not like that. I I try really hard not to be that way. That I'm led by the the, the overarching who's behind this or who's not, as opposed to just on an individual issue basis. Now, according to this poll... Just under 60% of Democratic voters would favor a government policy requiring that citizens remain confined in their homes at all times, except for emergencies, if they refuse to get the COVID-19 vaccine. 59%. House arrest, except for emergencies. Oh, come on. That can't be. Come on. Yeah, 60% of Democrats. It's approved by 61% of all voters, including 79% of Republicans. I can you- picture a bunch of people I know, though, in the in the area that I live in, which is highly shut down compared to most of the country. I can picture a bunch of people I know who they might not say that out loud in a crowd, but I guarantee you they'd vote for that in private. You didn't you know, get the vaccination. You're not allowed to come out of your house. 
48% of Democratic voters think federal and state governments should be able to fine or imprison individuals who publicly question the efficacy of the existing COVID-19 vaccines <laughs> on social go. media, television, radio, or in online or digital publications. Aren't, aren't you a good liberal? You want to <laughs> fine or jail people who question authority. <laughs> wow, beautifully said, sir. Beautifully said. Only 27% of all voters uh, prove that because... 14% of Republicans think it's a good idea, and I would like to slap you. 18% of unaffiliated voters uh, support it, which would certainly imply that 82% of of independents hate the idea. But 48% of Democrats are in favor of it. Well, I'd like to give my side some credit, but I have a feeling that if you, if Trump had won the election, you know, that 80,000 votes goes the other direction, a lot of this stuff would just be flipped some of it to some extent would be that is true impossible to know how much but you got to keep it in mind so uh china is murdering hamsters all across the country that's troubling put that on the list of horrible things china does Pales in comparison just to what? hamsters or, or other uh, beasts on the small furry animal continuum being spared gerbils i speak of guinea pigs right now they're all I think right now they're on a hamster kick, but uh, pales in comparison with what they're doing to the Uyghurs, which is a particular group of Muslims that they have uh, launched a genocide on. Um, a uh, big-time businessman in America made a comment about that that got a fair amount of attention. We can play that for you if you haven't heard it. That's coming up. As hard as it is to sympathize with Djokovic, it is a little disturbing that the Australian government allowed him in, then deported him just because they changed their minds. I mean, if a government can arbitrarily deport an athlete, what's to stop them from deporting a whole team? And how can we get it to be the New York Jets? Uh, I don't get the hullabaloo around the tennis player. I'm shocked that he's willing to miss out on his chance to be the best, the GOAT, the best tennis player of all time, because he's not going to play in the Australian Open because he doesn't want to get vaccinated, and it looks like he's not going to get to play in the French Open. And uh, that's that's a big deal, I mean, for him. Well, it's, a, it's a huge story in tennis. I'm not that big in tennis, but he's the defending champ. It's like if, you know, I'm a, a huge golf fan. It's like if the Masters defending champ said, I'm not playing in that damn tournament. Well, well oh, and or uh, Georgia kicked him out. Well, and you got to take it further. You got to be Tiger Woods was going to break Jack Nicholas's all time record for majors, too. Sure. Yeah. And become point. the greatest of all time. Tom Brady was going to, you know, finally surpass Joe Montana. Nah, I'm not going to get the vax, so I won't play. I can't believe he's that committed to it. But apparently he is. Yeah, yeah. So believe it or not, I have something positive and life-affirming in just a moment. First, something negative and angering. Did you know that uh, a candidate, a Republican candidate for the U.S. House, had a rally the other day and a Antifa uniform spouting, he had the black stuff and the rest of it, domestic terrorist attempted to bomb the rally where the guy was the keynote speaker. 
Garrett Smith, 22, known Antifa enthusiast, was arrested for allegedly carrying an active pipe bomb and other explosives while attempting to enter the rally. God knows what sort of horror he was intent on uh, perpetrating. Uh, And he was arrested in Florida. But this story did not make the national news in any significant way. You know, I can hit you with the obvious. Can you imagine some... Michigan militia, white supremacist, conservative guy showed up at an AOC rally with with bombs. The nation would come to a halt. This yep. didn't even get picked up by most That's, national news. That, that is quite amazing. I know. All you can do is, is just, okay, all right. All you can do is move on. I don't want to leave you on an angry note. I want to quote to you some stuff that uh, Virginia Lieutenant, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears said as she was sworn in. This is a black woman and an immigrant being sworn in as the second most powerful person in Virginia, certainly uh, up at the very, very top. A black immigrant woman being sworn in at the seat of the Confederacy. What an incredible moment in American history. And she stood up and she said, I think I'm a visible success story that says to people, you can do it. You will do it. No matter your gender, no matter your color, even no matter where you were born. Because here I am. This is not my country, not my culture. I came from Jamaica and here I have made it. It is now my country. Are you going to look at the glasses half full or half empty? Because it's half empty. That's a negative view of life. Too many of our political leaders say you're always going to be a victim and the other people are oppressors, and so you need us. Don't listen to them. Nice job, Winston. Congratulations. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So China's murdering hamsters, and um, that fits in with the story we're going to talk about here. Uh, this is getting some traction. I don't know. Do you have to be an NBA fan for it? I don't know. I don't know how big a story this is or how significant it is, but we'll figure it out. Do you want to share with folks who Shamath Palahapataya is? Uh, yeah, he's a guy I've been hearing on a podcast for quite some time, actually. I know I've quoted him a number of times on the show as being extremely sensible, straightforward, and smart. Well, one of the reasons he got on our radar is he flirted with the idea of running for governor of California at one point and then ended up not. He's a big-time successful, super-rich businessman. Tech investor type guy, right? Uh, He's a part owner of the Golden State Warriors, which uh, factors into the story of the basketball team. He's a he's a Democrat. I mean, he's a he's a full on Democrat. Uh, he he donated two hundred fifty thousand dollars to the Biden campaign and all that sort of stuff. But he's a um, a, a business savvy Democrat that has said a lot of things that I liked. We liked. Um, I certainly don't agree with all of his uh, his um, uh, positions, but he's a lot closer to where I would like a Democrat to be than the the, the woke crowd. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, the, one of the reasons this uh, affected me a little bit is that the Golden State Warriors, I mean, it, it, I used to be something of an NBA fan, and they're so much fun to watch. And, and you know, you know, my team of choice, uh, you know, back when I was rooting for the NBA, the Sacramento Kings was just 
horrible, just ter- unwatchable. And the Warriors are just so exciting. So watch them a fair amount. But Steve Kerr, uh, their coach, and several of their players are wildly left and just, just, just obnoxiously, self-righteously, yet not very knowledgeably angry lefties. Well, and it just got you, to be too much. How would you know unless they felt like they needed to weigh in on every political story? Uh, in their post-game news conferences. Right. And they absolutely did. Uh, and then you have the next step to, you know, why this has any significance whatsoever, is that the NBA famously full of people who bitterly criticize the United States, including the greatest star in the game, probably LeBron James, and yet they are in bed with the greatest, most evil dictatorship on earth that is bent on enslaving the human population so that's annoying that's right sir that is china i was referring to (laughs) so uh shamath palahapataya was on a podcast congratulations congratulations i would i wouldn't come within 100 miles of attempting to even say his name I was uh, practicing till midnight last night. Gotcha. Uh, he was doing a podcast, and uh, the guy who was... Uh, who, whose podcast was that? Do you remember? doesn't really matter. Um, they were talking about uh, China and the NBA and that sort of thing, and uh, Chamath uh, said the following. 82, please. Yeah, nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs, okay? You you bring it up because you really what? care, and I think what that's do you mean nice that you cares? care. The rest of us don't care. I'm just well, telling you a very care? hard... Wait, I'm you're telling saying you, you personally very, don't care? I'm telling you a very hard, ugly truth, okay? Of all the things that I care about, yes, it is below my line. Okay? Uh, of all the things that's... that I care about, it is below my line. I appreciate his candor. Well, oh. I, so here's what I think happened as a guy who talks for a living. I think he had a point to make. And when you're trying to make a point, you often have to, uh, or, or do, you don't have to. But you often uh, overstate it to try to make your point. And I think that's what he was doing. Um, I think the correct, you know, I could be wrong, but I, I, my guess would be he cares. Just because I've been listening to him on his podcast for a long time. He, what he's saying is nobody cares. And I think he's right. Most people don't care. And by nobody, he means most people. Most people don't care. If people cared, we'd be doing something. If we care, if we cared, uh, Tesla wouldn't be setting up a plant there in Xinjiang or whatever that's called. Uh, Apple might not be there. The NBA wouldn't be going over there. All our movies wouldn't be bending over backwards. I don't think most people care. Now, I, I wish they did, but I don't think they do. My only quibble is that he said specifically and a couple of times that he didn't care. On the other hand, if we were to get obsessed with condemning Shamath for his attitude and feel all righteous about it and let the giganto corporation you mentioned go ahead and do what they're doing, well, that would be some good puritanical stone casting, wouldn't right. it? That which is, which is the American pastime. It ain't baseball. It ain't football. It's self-righteous rock chucking. You're right. That'd be one of those things where... um Almost everybody listening who's got a 401k or any investments is invested in a company that is helping China. Which and means you're not, the Chinese military and its uh, its uh, plans of world domination. And when and, and and but when that guy says nobody cares or I don't care, you get outraged. You're invested in things that help this in the the guy who runs your company that you're invested in doesn't care. But hasn't said it out loud. 
or That's doesn't the care enough. So now the rule is you can't say it out loud. Yes. You can put money in a place that is going to benefit the Chinese Communist Party that's doing that, as long as the CEO doesn't say it out loud. Yes, I would agree. I don't appreciate him saying, I don't care. No, I don't either. I think but, that was a mistake. And I, I, don't, the, I doubt that he believes that, but I could be wrong. But the bottom line is essentially what we've been saying. So um, I, I wish he hadn't said it. He did say some other stuff about China, though, that made me question his awesome intelligence. Apparently, 81. But again, I'm not. I, I, I'm not even sure that that, it, that China is a dictatorship the way that you want to call it. That again, I think communist that unt- country that's in the name. Look, you have to understand, Jason. There are a set of checks and balances here on China that, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think that I have the moral absolutism to judge China. <laughs> See, that's crazy talk. That is the talk of a guy with a lot of money invested in a lot of things who doesn't want to get on the wrong side of China or is trying to assuage his conscience over the fact that he's involved in China. The great decoupling that is going to happen is going to be slow and ugly, and people are going to do it at the point of um, – they're only going to do it at the point of public outrage. Because yeah, when the because for the dollars, apparently people are willing to convince themselves that I, I there's checks and balances. I don't see the moral outrage. You don't. Would you like me to like just show you a couple books or newspaper articles? Yeah. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with naivete. We all have it on various subjects at various points in our lives. He's but, not that. <laughs> well, yeah. I was just going to say if if you don't understand the true nature of the Chinese regime, you're either a liar or naive. And as a guy, and and look, Chamath, I admire you in a lot of ways. I'm always interested in what you think. Even if I vehemently disagree with you, you always put it so well, it's worth considering. Uh, But you are either a liar or a moron. Uh, I come at this as a student of uh, governments and, and the history of governments. Uh, I mean, to cite the every freaking moron in the world can relate to it. Michael, get the ding ready. Hitler's Nazi Germany had quote-unquote checks and balances. Stalinist Russia had checks and balances in the way that every regime has power dynamics, and the guy at the top has to pay attention to them and manage them successfully. That's why dictating this stressful work. Kim Jong-un has checks and balances by your definition, sir. The fact that there's a Politburo and a Communist Party in the resident, you know, whatever, the, the you know, panel of... of Kami highfalutins, who she has to give a report to once every three months. That doesn't mean anything functionally. Anyway, one more. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like the checks and balances thing was the, the outrageous part. The outrageous part was I don't feel like I can pass moral judgment on China. Oh, really? Yeah. Come That's on. That's pathetic. That is out of bounds. That really is pathetic. Um, and I understand the imperfections and sins of the United States, but I mean, if the if the shoplifter can't pass judgment on the child murderer, come on. Yeah, that's, so, yeah. just just because I'm uh, familiar with his act, I don't think that's a well. The United States has sins too. He's not that guy. He's a. I think he's just a cold-hearted businessman who understands okay, the way the world works and is willing to overlook it. Fair enough. Well, the Golden State Warriors, who are a gutless uh, lover in the bed of Chairman Xi, uh, sought to distance themselves, et cetera, et cetera. Brett Baer dealt with the uh, the fallout last night. 
The part owner and director of the NBA's Golden State Warriors is walking back his comments that no one cares about the human rights abuses against the Uyghurs in China. Venture capitalist Chalmuth Payapatiya has been under heavy criticism since statements on a weekend podcast. He now says human rights matter and that his comments lacked empathy. But he did not apologize. The team says Payapatiya does not speak for the organization and his views do not reflect the teams as usual in one of these controversies everybody's focused i think on the wrong part i think he's right most people don't care they wish they did but they don't the part where he said we can't pass moral judgment on china is outrageous yes outrageous yeah it is yeah but so i think about this a lot (laughs) you know it's funny i just i'm sorry i find myself thinking we don't pay attention to the right things. And on those rare occasions when we do, I don't mean us, I don't mean this show, I mean we as a, a society. On those rare occasions when we do, we go about it completely wrongly. <laughs> <laughs> I think about this story I heard David French of the Dispatch tell a lot. Because I think it's really interesting. And I know I've told this a couple of times. Maybe you'll enjoy hearing it again, or for the first time. Um, he's a lawyer and defended many different people like he was a trial lawyer and in court and that sort of stuff. Um, and he said, people often wonder how do lawyers defend scumbags? I mean, people that obviously committed a crime because everybody has a right to a defense. And so whether you're OJ Simpson or you're a tax cheat or whatever you are, you hire a lawyer and that lawyer defends you. And, you know, and I've wondered this my whole life. How do you do that? How do you as a lawyer defend somebody that did something wrong? He said, you'd be amazed at the ability everybody seems to have to convince themselves that they're doing the right thing. That you get into this case and you think, oh, well, maybe this happened and maybe this happened, but they're wrong for blank, and I'm on the right side of this. And you just convince yourself. Hmm. And I've thought about that ever since I heard him tell that story. How often do I do that? Do we all do that? Where we just, somehow the way the human brain works, we defend our decision that from the outside doesn't look too good. and might not be too good. Yeah, it'd be too painful to admit it and recognize it and keep it front of mind, so you you bury it, you suppress it. It's like when your body goes into shock after a terrible injury, I think. I don't know. In this situation, it's okay for me to, I don't know, inf- pad my expense account with my company or, you know, do this in my marriage or whatever it is. You convince yourself that because of something, you're on the right side of this. Apparently, that's the way the human mind works. I think that's what's going on there with that... Uh, venture capital rich guy there we just were hearing from he's convinced himself that uh you know to give himself some wiggle room in his own conscience that's what he did i want you to uh ask yourself the same question i am it's just forming in my mind if the entire revenue stream of the armstrong and getty enterprise depended on cooperation with the chinese government I wouldn't have gotten to the conclusions I have about China near as fast, I think, in reality. Wow, you're an honest man. You're a, you're a, you're a beautiful man. <laughs> you're like Gandhi and St. Francis of Assisi got together and artificially inseminated some woman with half his sperm, half his, and had some sort of beautiful, well-adjusted, wise child. <laughs> I haven't really played out exactly how that would happen. To admit that I'm capable of self-delusion? I don't know. All right. It's a rarity. 
It's interesting. How about you? Answer that question for yourself. Text line 415-295-KFTC. I'm gonna call my lawyer. Gonna. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some business news here. Apparently, airlines are dealing with the ongoing pilot shortage by raising pay and lowering the requirements. <laughs> Passengers said, that's nice. And wait, what? <laughs> this probably explains why my last pilot was wearing a PetSmart uniform. Oh, boy. What? Yeah, it's not uh, very reassuring when your pilot is the same guy who drove your Uber to the airport. <laughs> All right, let's go. Here we go. Come on. That's amusing. I like that. Speaking of infrastructure, I'm glad to see this story getting a little bit of attention. The rampant train robberies in L.A. The robbery of the Union Pacific trains. And and you're thinking, oh, no, I'm listening to Elsewhere in America. I don't care about your stupid, crime-ridden, filthy West Coast crap heaps. Did you know 40% of goods shipped into the U.S.? come through ports adjacent to the train route in question, and many of those packages get on the Union Pacific trains to be distributed. As we talked about that at length back during all the port shortages, that uh, ports of L.A. and Long Beach are where, well, 40% of the goods come through. I didn't know they all got on those uh, trains. Not all of it, but a hell of a lot of it does. Um, And and it's so interesting because the... uh, Hope I'm seeing wild gesturing. You all right, Michael? Um, we're good. Okay. Uh, so uh, what was I going to say? Uh, uh, oh, one of the reasons the story I think is catching on is because of the wild visuals, the, the uh, video and/or still pictures. I was going to say of that the that, incredible that made all the difference in the world. I could see the headline. I'm not even sure I would have read the story honestly. But when you see the picture of all those boxes along the tracks. I mean, it's nothing but boxes. You think, holy crap, how could this happen in the United States and of America? And for hundreds of yards, too. Yeah. 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 And it's so still Andrew a decent question. How could it happen in the United States of America? Andrew McCarthy wrote a great piece, uh, piece rather, for National Review about it that was is full of interesting information and perspective. Why is it happening? First of all, he says, because George Gascon, the paradigm progressive prosecutor who is L.A.'s elected district attorney, follows no bail and wrist slap policies with burglary and grand theft cases routinely pled down to trespassing. And then he doesn't prosecute uh, trespassing or doesn't put you in jail for it. No incarceration sentences. It's just like the 70s crime is exploding. Ah, uh, in the year uh, ending October 2021, Union Pacific says train robberies are up by wait for it. As Forbes noted, the surge is materially contributing to the national delivery delays, holding up retail shipments of everything from at-home COVID-19 tests to, Mm. and then they mention all sorts of stuff. You can picture stuff. It's stuff. Yes, goods. The Forbes report elaborates, thieves can break into stopped or slow-moving cars and pull a kind of handbrake, which slows the wheels. Sensors in the track read this as an equipment breakdown and stop or slow the train to a crawl. At that point, individuals can use bolt cutters to open up cars and grab items quickly. What they don't want is left on the sides of the track to blow in the breeze and slowly rot in the Southern California uh, sun. 
And this epidemic is actually going on in a bunch of commercial hubs, but the video that everybody's uh, so uh, aghast at is in uh, in in uh, Los Angeles. If you went back 20 years, you probably don't even need to go back that far, maybe even 10 years, um, and showed pictures to people of uh, the streets of Los Angeles with the camps as far as you can see that look like a third world country, along with sure. the pictures of the train tracks with all the empty boxes there and all the robbers, they'd think, what has happened? What happened? Where? How did this occur in America? They would think, what Is this sort Blade of Blade Runner three or something? Exactly. What sort of uh, Armageddon hellscape occurred? So, and Andrew McCarthy makes a really good point that I want to squeeze in. He says, obviously, Gascon and and uh, in general, California state government are disastrous. But what is the federal government doing about this? In many crime situations, the feds can become engaged when it's interstate and international commerce and an, and a, a a shipping through lane which a train track is um and then he goes into we, we're running out of time but uh, long story short the uh the US attorney is not made it a priority at all in that area nobody seems to care he says, I certainly hope the feds are staying numb be- uh, mum because they're building big cases and need to maintain investigative secrecy, but I kind of doubt it. So is anybody going to do anything? I don't know. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to talk to Mike Lyons about the situation in Ukraine slash Russia, our military analyst. Mike, always insightful, does not run with the pack. Yeah, and if you miss an hour of the show, uh, like the next hour, you can always get it on the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com, armstrongandgetty.com. The level of concern about Russia uh, invading Ukraine seems to have gone up a lot in just the last 24 hours, and that's why we're going to talk to military analyst Mike Lyons. Armstrong and Getty.